0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions, give me a call or visit bullrealty.com. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're gonna to talk about tenant strategies. Now, this is important to a large audience, to a lot of people. Think about it, if you lead a company that uses space, real estate is a probably the second largest expense and it can be extremely important to add profits to your top line and bottom line numbers. Um, it's also obviously important, tenants' trades if you're a landlord, a broker, attorney, an architect, investor, anybody, because you know the tenants being successful is what makes the, the real estate world work, right? Well, let's get into it. I'm going to touch very briefly and efficiently on a lot of different things uh, very, very quickly. So if you'd like more information on anything, feel free to reach out to me. First of all, think about real estate as an opportunity rather than an expense, right? I mean, in some cases, tenants can create so much more value on the top line and bottom line numbers with good real estate decisions that it really can completely offset uh, your rent. Uh, In fact, there's a great book uh, written uh, by uh, uh, Darren who I will put a link uh, in the show notes that uh, is really, don't worry about the rent. and he, he kind of explains how, how that can work for you. Well, and how can how can you do that? Well, today we're going to talk about things like timing, uh, wellness, obviously important today, um, and important lease clauses. We're going to talk about lease first purchase. We're going to talk about effective designs. We're going to talk about sublease strategies and, and lease leasebacks and other things uh, to give you an idea of some of the things we're going to touch on. Your space, your office space, whatever type of space you use can really impact your brand uh, for recruiting uh, and for, for for with lenders, with public, with customers, and with clients. So you really wanna think about that and don't think of, of real estate just as an expense because it can uh, really be beneficial. Let's think about or research the cost for turnover, right? Every business leader and owner knows that turnover is very costly. That time to ramp people back up, uh, And and how that impacts the the training and how it impacts your business uh, is is big. And sometimes your better real estate, better location, better design, uh, better upkeep can really reduce that uh, turnover and can be a substantial savings there. And obviously, that turnover and and better recruiting can help your top line numbers, have better customer and client experiences. Uh, So it can really help you with the recruiting. Um, To give you uh, one example, I had a... Uh, a really good broker that wanted to join my firm, and he knew he would do much better at my firm than where he was. At the time, we were in a building that was very well located, um, but it wasn't really Class A. He was used to being in a Class A building with a nice view and and all that. And for him to come to that setting, he just didn't want to do it. And, And so you think about recruiting, you know what are they walking into? You know, uh, are you expecting them to, to sit at a bench uh, with headphones on with a lot of people? And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, and, and and what's it like when they get there? So you know, uh, one of the things that that I learned at my office is you know we're in a Class A office building. We're right off the lobby with glass doors. The the space is not uh, extravagantly large. It's very efficient, uh, but it's beautiful. There's a lot of a lot of plants and lights and glass and you know, there's a television studio, and there's game rooms, and you know there's a lot of, you just feel good when you walk in the space, and sometimes you might not even know why. Uh, but it really helps uh, with recruiting, and, and it helps with your brand. when you do, you do you have clients that come to your space? Do you have uh, any investors, or lenders, or folks that you deal with? Uh, and you definitely have uh, your employees come there. So think about how this can impact you. And let's talk about some ways to improve it, right? Um, more things to think about, and, and obviously on everyone's mind today, is wellness. And thinking through wellness, and I think if if there's anything that does come uh, positive out of this uh, coronavirus issue, uh, is maybe people will be uh, more conscious of wellness in the office space and in other uh, businesses, because it's, it's always been important to me. And I think uh, you think about... One of the things that we do at our office that you might want to do is, and we did this, we've been doing this for years, but every morning when we start, we wipe down, disinfect all the touch places that people touch, the, the refrigerators, the doors, the, the, the uh, keyboards for the elevator. You know, everything that we think that people are gonna to touch, we clean it every day. Um, and, uh, and some of my folks were talking to me uh, last week and they said, Michael. You know we've known you for many many years, and we've never seen you sick. Well, I you know knock on wood, but I think part of that is just being careful about germs and washing your hands a lot, doing it right, and keeping keeping everything sanitary. Another thing about wellness, I think, in office space is is your design of your space. Um, to if you have open space, you have places where people are t- t- in tight quarters. Um, really i mean i know that's been very popular um and and it's it's seen a lot but i think especially now with people are more conscious of wellness and the issues there is that really what we should be doing i think uh you know we've throughout the the years we've had private offices for our agents Um, you know and our staff uh, we have these cool pods and areas and, and they're more of an open space but they're very spread out and and, and have def- definitions between them, so they're not packed in like sardines. And I think you gotta you know, think about, well, think about cost per square foot or your oxygen cost for the number of people you have. Well, think about productivity and think about wellness. If they're out sick, you know, what's that cost you? It can cost you quite a bit. So think about wellness in your space. Now, we'll put a link to the show, but I've done shows you can now get a wellness certification uh, my uh, daughter helps uh, is helps people with wellness and sustainability. I had her on. She touched on several ideas for wellness. I'll, I'll touch, and we'll have a link to that show in uh, in this show. But uh, you know, think about the healthy foods and drinks. If you're supplying uh, food and drinks for your employees, uh, they'll probably eat and drink whatever you give them. It should be healthy. Uh, think about plants that that uh, provide oxygen for the room. Think about. LED lighting. Think about the natural lighting. Think about just a healthy environment, so your people are are more productive uh, and they're not out sick. Uh, watch, uh, wash down all your touch places, um, and uh, and another thing that we do. I don't know if it's health healthy, but it certainly adds uh, some joy to the space. Is we put out fresh flowers uh, every week, um, and. Uh, it's, it's interesting, if you're here and they're not out, you, you kind of, what's different? Why, is, why am I not as comfortable? But when they're here and they're put out, they're put out every Monday, it's, it's just a big difference. So think about that uh, in your space. Another thing to think about in your commercial real estate decisions for your business are timelines. Um, you know, I think some tenants and uh, businesses think about their real estate shortly before a lease expiration or renewal opportunity. I think that's a mistake. Uh, Real estate is so important to your business. We talked about some of the reasons it's important. You should think about it all the time. Here's what I recommend. I'd recommend a yearly checkup where the people appropriate in in your office are looking at uh, the design, the furniture, the location, the access, the parking, the cost, the options, what your competitors are doing, how the office is impacting uh, production, recruiting, retention, re- and turnover, uh, how it's impacting your brand, and look at the options because you can you don't have to wait for a lease expiration to to make a decision. You know maybe uh, the the space needs uh, some investment in it to make it more profitable for you. Maybe you can extend your lease term and get some TI dollars. Um, so one of the things that we do is our tenant reps have a lot of clients that we just do a check-in once a year and we look at their space Uh, they look at it and we look at the market uh, and look at opportunities should they uh, consider uh, you know you can always sublease space you know um, you're you're never just locked in completely and I'm gonna talk about some tips in a moment uh, on subleasing so do that every year now if you are Coming have do have a if you are a company that looks at lease expirations is when you think about real estate, do it early. I mean that's the biggest thing we see in the industry is tenants waiting too late. You know you don't realize how long it takes to to get out there and and look at your options, uh, do a needs analysis, um, and then and then go look at the spaces and tour them, then do a short list, pick the property you want, uh, negotiate a letter of intent, or request for a proposal, negotiate a lease, then to do your design, your build out, your permits, your construction, you know, all of that takes more time than you than you expect. So start early. If you're a small space, I would start 12 months prior to the time you have to give notice to exercise a renewal or or to move at a minimum Uh, if you're a larger tenant uh, start much earlier Uh, and get a tenant rep like us if you don't have a tenant rep that you feel real real comfortable with feel free to reach out to me uh, and we can find you the right uh, team to take care of you there so uh, worry about timing and be careful with timing now let's talk about um, flexibility Uh, one of the great things about Leasing space for your businesses, it it, it, it does give you some flexibility. So think about that because things change, right? You you see, economies change, markets change. So and and sometimes when you're doing these leases initially, you get caught up in the rental rates and the cost and um, and there's a lot of other terms. We have 100 uh, rent lease clauses that we feel are the most important 100, and we consider those for for our tenants that we represent and 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 weight them. What's most important? Well, let's talk about a few of them in the flexibility area. If you do need to move or you should move, uh, what are the flexibilities there? Do you have a, uh, maybe a right to cancel for a fee? Uh, do you have uh, rights to sublease the space and uh, are they workable? Uh, if you do have rights to sublease, uh, what are your use limitations? Or, you know Because if you find a subtenant but the use is not required in the space, you might not be able to sublease it. Um, if you sell your business, is your lease set up correctly that you'd be able to sell your business and, and assign the lease? Some are not, and some companies have sold, sold and had some of their locations that were a problem there. So think about that uh, on flexibility. Think about your uh, first right of refusal in case you need to grow on contiguous space or other space in the facility, or in the building, I uh, think about if you can't get a first right of refusal, maybe a first right to negotiate. Meaning, if space comes up to you, potentially contiguous to you, maybe you have the right to negotiate that for your to add onto your space. Um, if you if you have too much space, you need to lease space. Don't be afraid to uh, sublease it. So think about flexibility there. Also, think about flexibility with your furniture and your design. I think some of the smart designs today are the space is very flexible. Maybe at some point it's opened up for for large meetings and rooms like that. And sometimes it's there's using furniture and movable walls and things. It's it's smaller spaces. Uh, As things change, as your company changes, um, you can uh, be flexible in that way. So think about uh, think about that. Flexibility too could be first right of refusal to buy a property or first right to negotiate a property if you're in a a smaller property, if it makes sense for your business. Um, So think about some of those. And one of those that we mentioned is is subleasing, right? And I think there's going to be a lot more subleasing happening now uh, with probably the economy uh, taking a turn here uh, because we've just had a great robust economy for so long it can't last forever. Um, so, subleasing could be good for you uh, to think about as a landlord. If you have a uh, management company, if you have tenants who don't need space, or you know, then you want to help them sublease and be flexible with them. If you are a tenant, um, then subleasing can reduce IxP cost or help it where you can move uh, to another place. If you're a, a tenant and you're looking at sublease space, that can be an opportunity. If it's built out right and well located, maybe you can get a better deal. Um, than looking at new space. Uh, Here's some things about uh, uh, subleasing to think about. The original tenant can only give the subtenant rights that that original tenant has. So you want to think about that as a subtenant. If the original tenant doesn't have a right, they they can't give you something they don't have. Uh, That could be related to renewals. Um, And one potential area that could be catastrophic is Uh, if the original tenant defaults and and their obligations. um, The landlord may be able to come to you and say you have no rights here. Original tenant defaulted. Um, Now you're subject to whatever that landlord wants to do with you. Uh, That could be really bad for your business. Um, So think about the, the credit worthiness and the other aspects of the requirements of your original tenant. Now one way that you might be able to protect yourself there as a subtenant or your subtenant client if you're you're in law or real estate uh, is a recognition agreement which if properly worded uh, properly presented to a landlord um, that original landlord honors your lease as a subtenant if the original tenant does default now uh, some landlords might not want to do that some landlords might really like that now they've got the original tenant still on the line They've got a new subtenant also responsible for part of the space or part of the time in the space. Um, so they've got more kind of guarantors on it. Also, they've got, you know, a tenant is, is dark in some of the space and not using it. That makes lenders nervous, investors nervous. And uh, as a landlord, you might, that may make you nervous, right? Um, so, you know, having another tenant there being productive uh, can just be smart for everyone. So I think it's important for landlords to consider recognition agreements uh, if a subtenant is is, uh, is asking for one or potentially requiring one uh, to take over some of that space. Another idea is uh, for some businesses is to consider lease versus purchase uh, and sale lease back. So I'll touch briefly on some of those ideas. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Have you seen the DNA of CRE? Well, it's a survey you can take about how commercial agents work day to day. Their technology, their challenges, the systems, and a lot more about how commercial agents and their marketing people work. And you get access to the results. So take the survey, check out the results. You can find it at the show website, which is CREshow.com. And then look for the DNA of CRE. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you're a commercial real estate agent, you have to check it out. Best training in the world for your people, CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're talking about tenant strategies, and these strategies are obviously important if you lead a company. Uh, and they're also important if you're an investor in any way uh, in commercial real estate, obviously tenants are what creates the income uh, for these properties. So one of the ideas to think about uh, as a uh, corporate office or other real estate users are sell leasebacks, where uh, your company controls the property as if you own it on a long-term lease, but you completely pull out all of the equity. So let's touch briefly on why companies do sell leasebacks, some of the advantages and some of the things that impact uh, the decisions and the value. Why would a tenant sell a building and then lease it back? Well, typically businesses make more money investing in their business than they do investing in real estate. Think of the multiples of EBITDA, if you will, for, for a business value. Uh, you know, you, you get more return, right, than you typically do in real estate. Um, so, so a lot of companies will be able to pull out all the equity in their real estate to invest in their business and just increase their returns and grow faster. They don't have to deal uh, with ownership of real estate. It also gives them flexibility if at the end of that lease uh, they need to move or want to move. It's not right for them. They don't now have a vacant building to deal with, which could severely drop the value. Uh, at the time and be, be a problem for the, for the company. Also companies use uh, sell lease banks as an exit strategy, right? So if you want to sell your business and uh, you own the real estate as well, if you sell it with the real estate, the business with the real estate, sometimes the business buyer will argue that, well, I need that real estate to run the business. So I want the same return on the real estate that I'm getting for the business. I need to have it to run the business, right? Well. As we've just mentioned, uh, buyers of a business are expected higher return than buyers of real estate. So um, that could be a mistake to do that. I would always consider them as separate. Uh, Look at the real estate as a sale, uh, potentially uh, first, do a long-term sale lease back. um, And then maybe the next year in a different tax year, if you like, uh, sell the business. Um, Now, also, the business buyer doesn't have to come up with the additional equity uh, to buy the real estate. Um, So it might open up more buyers for your business. It might be able to separate the taxes. And we've done the math on a lot of these, and it can really increase uh, the total value that you get out of selling your business. So it can be a great uh, exit strategy. Um, Another reason um, that businesses uh, do it is, because they just really don't, don't want to fool with the real estate. So let's talk about some of the things that impact the value. Typically a sell leaseback is usually a single tenant uh, net lease deal, uh, true tr- triple net. The tenant it controls the building, the uh, facility, they maintain it, uh, they, as if they own it, they pay the taxes, they pay the insurance. So uh, for the investor, it's just an income stream. So some of the things that impact the value of what you can get on that sell leaseback or the length of that lease, the initial. Time frame that you're agreeing to lease it back. Uh, the credit of your of your t- business, uh, the guarantee of that lease, how strong is that income stream? Obviously, investor is gonna pay more for a longer lease and a stronger uh, income stream guarantee than he is a weaker one. Um, look at the rent you're paying versus the market, uh, because a, an investor is gonna look at, well, what if bad things happen? Uh, you're no longer a tenant here. Well, what can I rent or sell the building for empty or what can I rent it for if you leave? So they'll look at their, your rent you're paying versus the market. Also, is the lease really true triple net? Can it be hands-off for the investor? That gives more value uh, to the purchaser. Um, think about um, a pre- of escalations in the lease. If the lease is, is flat and there's no rent increases, that's gonna Hurt the value of the sell lease leaseback because there's nothing there to kind of offset uh, inflation. Uh, so uh, think about reasonable uh, step up in escalation on, on the base rent uh, on the property, um, and and also think about how you're how you're marketing that sell lease leaseback. Right, if you just sell that to the the same buyer buying the business, that's, you're probably not going to get the most for it. Uh, it's like selling anything else. The value of everything is is impacted by the laws of supply and demand. So if you reach out to a broker like us, we have teams of brokers in different sectors that specialize in the sectors and then further specialize in single tenants. So you know, pe- brokers like us have databases and a network to get out and get to all the buyers that would be most interested in a property like yours, that size, price range, uh, industry and area uh, and, and, and have the buyers in a more competitive mode and that typically will get you a higher price for your property. So, lease backs can be a great investment for for investors as well because you know they don't they don't have to deal with management. They hopefully don't have to deal with vacancy. Uh, so there's there's strong demand. Also, think about the timing right now. I mean, the value of long-term leased, strong tenant properties that are single tenant, uh, the the values are very high. You know, in times of volatility. People go to safety. Uh, they go to ease of use, and so there's a strong market around the world, around the country. Uh, so your property in uh, business may be in a, in a location. Your buyer might come from anywhere if it's properly marketed. Um, so it's a good time to to look at that as an option to see if it's right for your business. And and then let's talk a little bit about lease first purchase. So you know we're talking about businesses owning owning real estate. Um, and should they buy or should they lease? We mentioned that you get a higher return typically investing in your business in real estate. So why would you do it? Uh, Well, some businesses uh, do buy real estate and and it works out well for them. So should you do that? Well, think about that. If your business is stable, meaning that you don't think it's going to need to move. You don't think it's going to grow a lot or shrink a lot that, you know, that real estate is well located for your business. Um, then it might be a good idea to consider purchasing. Um, so like some of the medical practices where, you know, they don't, you really don't want to move your healthcare practice much. Your patients get used to being there. Um, and, uh, you, you, you know, you don't want to move very often. Well, that can be in your long term, there so that can be a good option. We have a lot of healthcare practices that that we work with um, doctors that will buy uh, their locations, and you know that can be anywhere from a you know 120,000 square foot building, 60,000 down to you know a 1,500 square foot uh, condo or freestanding uh, building for your practice. Um, you know, one of the things I've seen from being in the business for over 30 years uh, when we sell properties for people. Uh, and for business owners is sometimes they, they bought the real estate, uh, originally kind of kicking and screaming. You know, they bought it to, to maybe offset rising, uh, costs each year, or maybe they bought it to control their, their environment or to control their neighbors. Uh, and at the time they probably didn't want to do it because, because they make more investing in their business, but they did and then when we sell it they're like whoa that was kind of a windfall you know you you get busy running the business and all of a sudden time passes by pretty fast and you know the uh, the appreciation uh, appreciation of the property happens inflation happens uh, then if you levered it with a, with a loan uh, you've got a principal reduction that happens on that loan over time and i can't tell you how many properties we've sold where, where the seller's like wow I, I bought that at a time and wasn't that excited about it but you know time flies and all of a sudden uh, 10, 20, 30 years pass by and there's been some great appreciation in that property. And, and some businesses will buy those, those properties uh, in the business name and some will buy them in a, in a separate entity and lease them back for the, to the business. So I think there's cases where companies buying their own building uh, can make sense. Um, and then some folks, uh, some business owners come to us and they say they wanna buy. Um, and then once they get into it and see the amount of equity and work and things required, and they realize, you know what, I really should focus on my business. And, and one of the things you wanna watch if you're a business uh, leader and you're looking at buying, um, the best, the number one thing to think about is a location that works best for your business, for your clients, for your employees, um, because not just focusing on, because sometimes there's less availability, there's less options if you only wanna buy uh, and there's a lot more options uh, if you lease. So number one, get your business in the right location uh, so that your business can thrive. Uh, because if you really wanna invest in real estate, you can invest in real estate separately uh, from your business. Um, so um, to give an example, when I started my company 22 years ago, uh, there was a great building uh, that was a great location for me and, and I bought it uh, and we we used it and we were there. It was, it was great for us. We eventually uh, outgrew it and, and had to leave and we outgrew it both in quality and in size uh, but I still own the building and, and, and lease it out it's been a, been a great investment for me um, and I did and did and I did buy a building larger than I needed at the time and that's one thing we also see with a lot of users uh, buying property or leasing property you know they do the math and the equation ah, I want I want twelve thousand four hundred and forty two square feet and I'm like well, especially if you're buying, you may want to have a lot more space and just sublease or lease additional space so that you can grow into it. Uh, and, unless you think your business is not going to grow, and hopefully your business is growing, and, and you are growing your business all the time. But that's usually uh, the goal, right? Well. We've went over a lot of tenant strategies, corporate uh, office use, and and other real estate strategies very quickly. If you have some comments, uh, please share them. Uh, Please share the show if you think it can help uh, your network. Uh, And if you'd like more information on any of of these things that we've talked about, uh, feel free to reach out to me at michael.bullrealty.com or you can find all my contacts at the show website Commercial Real Estate Well, thank you for joining us. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show. Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.